warm welcome to you to news break talk this afternoon with me Tarish Hari Prashad we are coming to you live today to talk to you about something that is so close to your heart and so close to your brain that often it's overlooked sometime and that is the power of literacy because many take for granted that you're literate you can read you can write and that's where it stops that's all you need to make it in the world but according to the statistics of africa and this was in their general household survey of 2015 so it's the latest results the possible latest results that we're working with here functional literacy declined from 27.3% to 15.4% between 2002 and to in 2015 now this was largely within the school that's primary school secondary school and uh, to an extent a tertiary school uh, perspective but that's a that's a about a you know half of about more than 50% of functional literacy rates dropping in south africa it goes on to to look at the um the functional literacy between the ages of 20 to 39 years old and that decreased as well not- noticeably uh, for both men which was between se- from 17.2% to 7.3% and women from 15.6% and this is shocking from 15.6% to 4.8% so the basic trend here according to the nature of south africa is that literacy rates are dropping why is it dropping who's responsible for this drop who's responsible to pick it up again all of that will be discussed today on news break talk with me tarish elpishad and this comes against the backdrop of world read aloud day a day that was celebrated this week a global day to pay homage to the um culture of reading creating this culture of reading expanding the mind expanding the human brain specifically for young people because early childhood development between um 0 to 4 years old is a crucial time for brains to develop their thinking patterns thinking styles and their um imagery the way images are you know coded and then presented as action thought and and, and speech so there was a significant campaign across the world this week and that's what we'd like to talk about today let's talk about the literacy rates that you're aware of how much of time do you spend reading aloud to your children how much of time do you spend encouraging them to read and as an adult yourself what are your reading habits like do you think reading is still important in society or maybe just google something skip through the facts and that's all the knowledge you'll ever need or do you think the whole process of connecting with a piece of literature a piece of writing is still beneficial to mankind today it's 0893108789 i'm eager to take your call in studio today the views and opinions expressed on newsbreak talk do not represent those of sabc news or lotus fm So joining me today to put all of this into great perspective and to help us understand why reading is so cool in the first place is a very cool author, a very cool reader, somebody who worked earnestly in creating a culture of literacy in South Africa and she is the founder of the Global Forum for Literacy, Fiona Khan. Fiona, thanks for your time. Thank you, Tarish. What a pleasure to to spend time with you. 
I know we should be reading this entire talk show, but I think obviously we have to speak. So I think that's a form Absolutely. of literacy as well. So yeah. Well, that's part of the communication skills that comes yeah. with reading and you have reading to read aloud. It first, then speak it, doesn't it? Well, you know, um, not necessarily because when you're a child, you tend to imitate a lot and yeah. visualize. So that's very important. And one of the things I normally tell parents to do is to learn to speak slowly because English, for most of us, English is like a home language now. Mm. And uh, because we know the language so well, we tend to speak very fast. With the result that you find babies and children find it difficult to pick up language and yeah. we, therefore their language development is a bit slower and a bit later. So this brings us to the significance of World Read Aloud Day. Then. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I have to remind parents to speak slowly so mm. that children can hear properly, you know, their listening skills and they pick up the words very easily. Mm. And also when you read out your story, the child is picking up on every little thing that you are saying yeah. and they can retell the story without even reading it. So mm. if you look at a child that is uh, a year and a half to two years, they will retell the story by just visualizing and looking at those pictures without necessarily being a- able to read those words. And what does this do for then for creating a very capable, educated, successful child who can, you know, build and expand on that? You know, um, I think it's absolutely uh, important that one introduces child to books and libraries and literature and literacy at a very early age. You may think this is overwhelming for a child. It isn't because you must know a child is pliable. Everything is new. It's brain development. It's body development and growth. And children being exposed to something beautiful and new just opens their mind up a whole lot more. Earlier on, we were talking about right brain and left brain. If you want a child holistically developed, what would you do? You would give the child the best of mathematics and, you know, logic and you'll give the child the best of creativity. Mm. That's whole brain development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I think let's just put it into total perspective before we get into the nitty gritty of how to create this literacy culture. Tell us what took place this week in terms of World Read Aloud Day. Uh, Well, the entire world and, uh, you know, the libraries uh, celebrated World Read Aloud Day, WRAD uh, was the hashtag. And we had Nali Bali here in Durban who uh, basically, um, uh, let's just say, partnered with the Department of Basic Education and... um, got quite a bit of support from KZN uh, with their star schools. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I know you this. had invited your colleagues from Nalibali to join us, but yeah. they were unable to because they were out of the province yes. you know, this time, but they said they want to come back and talk about this concept of reading, so mm-hmm. we'll bring them in. But maybe if you could help us understand, what does Nalibali do? Well, you know, uh, I must firstly um, compliment them in the initiative of literature and literacy. Uh, what is so important is that um, they have a website which any teacher, any learner, any student, uh, any child can access. And it's all about books and literacy and literature. You can download books. They have supplements that are in the newspapers that can be cut out and uh, you know, stapled together, made into little books for classrooms. And um, I'm proud to say that as the founder of the Global Forum for Literacy, I have partnered with them together with USAID, yeah. um, the U.S. Consulate General. Mm. And I got together and we decided KwaZulu-Natal needed something more. And so if, you're taking this really seriously. Yes, then. we yeah. are taking it very seriously. Yeah. You just read out a few percentages there mm. of uh, literacy levels. And that's what you're working with currently. Well, 
tell me if people really take this seriously will we really have this problem and it's not you know it's not just a rural problem it's yeah. not just a problem yeah. um in particular areas i think it's um it's it's a total responsibility uh whether it's parents teachers schools libraries we have uh you know i i brought elits on board and i said to them listen this is a matter that needs to be addressed urgently and uh, set up appointments with them to meet with them sometime in the future uh simply because some libraries are just lying close some libraries are not well developed some libraries have books that are so old in schools that you know children don't want to even look at them but they can be revamped and we think let's visit this projects let's look at it again i have been campaigning it for the past 25 years yeah, that have been yeah, doing it yeah. but it just falls on deaf falls ears falls on deaf ears yes. that leads to my exact next question that i wanted to ask you what sort of support do you get from the likes of you know the department of basic and tertiary education to promote literacy levels well you know i i must honestly say the greatest amount of support i received was from etequini municipality i go to almost uh, most of their libraries and uh, enjoy the relationship i have with the with the librarians uh, other authors and members of eml and we have a fantastic relationship in promoting literacy and literature in libraries yeah. and this is why i promote the fact that if parents can make the time even if it's on a saturday Absolutely. for 1 yeah. hour to take yeah. your child to yeah. a library the li- the child imbibes that atmosphere the atmosphere of books no matter how young the child is mm. to interact with other children to talk about books yeah. to fight over books mm. i have a grandchild and she and i fight over books all the time she'll say i want to you know she'll pull it towards her and i'll say Ah, it's mine, and she'll she'll fight over it's it. It's such a and cool thing to fight over books. It's a cool thing books, because eh? <laughs> I just realized that you know. I've set this example yeah. for her and she's going to follow yeah. it for the rest of her no, life. No, definitely. I want to focus so much about parent um you know participation in this regard because you know you it is easy to say parents must read but mm. why aren't they reading because you know there's social economic challenges attached to that so we can Absolutely. Gonna, we'll dissect that as the show goes goes along but It's it's back to the state of literacy in South Africa. It's startling because I know this study was done recently by the Central Connecticut State University, and it ranked South Africa uh, heartbreakingly at 56th overall in its literacy rate. And that is basically to analyze the country's ability to read, but rather literate, you know, behavior. How you mm. in put put in reading and information into your life to be ranked 56th. across so many countries and south africa on this great trajectory to be part of developed nations you know if if you take brics for example to to highlight how successful south africa wants to be with regard to development why is it that south africa ranks so low you know tarish i'm going to say first that i'm an educator yeah and i see the ripple or the domino effect it's pure plain and simple if your child doesn't know how to read and write most importantly reading your child's going to lose out for the rest of their lives the rest of the schooling lives now you may say how i know this i've been teaching all the way from ecd till post matric and i see the effects of it you have parents calling me and saying to me at grade 8 to 9 how can you help my child to pass english yeah. because the child is failing the right. language My point to you is what were you doing all the years previous to when you brought that child to me? Yeah. So are you, are you then possibly suggesting that parents almost ignore educational development between 0 months to 4 years because they think education can only start once the child goes to nursery school which is at 
Yes, but then they also become complacent. Yeah. Uh, English being our first language, they obviously um, take for granted, well, as, as I said, almost a home language, they take for granted that the child, if their child speaks perfect English, the child would know how to read well. And that does not follow, obviously. Mm. You'll find many children are going into remedial classes and mm. they feel embarrassed, they feel yeah. humiliated. Yeah. Other children yeah. bully them, pick right. on them, taunt them. And do you know what your child goes through at school? Yeah. You don't. Yeah. Because yeah, your child doesn't come there. home and tell you. Yeah, yeah. But and, then and that's it's, important. It's not only reading as in I can read the sentence. It's about yes. interpreting what you read. Is that the challenge? You know, what is so vital is that people don't understand, parents don't understand that we as teachers as well, in the classroom we have oral um, assessments. Mm. The child has to read. Yeah. The child has to perform. You know, if you're doing 10, 11, 12, you've got to read out the text. You've got to make them understand it. You've got to somehow bring them to comprehend the entire text for the assessment purposes and it is so startling that at grade 10 you find the child struggling mm, and mm. then what is a child going to do at metric yeah, yeah. they don't understand poetry do you extro- uh, you know do you expose your child to poetry mm. fair enough i say some parents the children can't read books okay they want to go into religious books but that's far better than not reading at all. You rather read a religious book than not reading at all. And by the way, the language is quite fantastic in those books. Mm. Well, I think let's go to the phone lines now and we'll ask you about your you know, perceptions and your interactions with reading, the importance of this, what you do to create a culture of reading for young people, the startling numbers that we gave you earlier. And I'll repeat it. It's functional literacy declined about 20, from 27.3% to 15.4%. If you calculate that, it's just about you know, a 50% decline in functional literacy. What does that mean for South Africa? Oh, at nine three one zero eight seven eight nine, Selvin is on the line. Good afternoon, Selvin. Hi, good afternoon. Uh, Taresh, interesting topic. Good afternoon to your educator. Your educator made an important uh, point mm. that the uh, reading is very important. But I'd like to also stress that uh, in view of the imperialist government, English became the language of communication. So it doesn't necessarily have to be English that makes one listen. If you take North Korea, South Korea, and India, they are very advanced in nuclear technology. But what the educator said is also true, reading. See, like, this is relevant, I bring this in. The oldest language in the world is Tamil, we know that. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they are still very advancing because they could stop reading. So regardless of what the Guinness Book of Records says, mm-hmm. I'm now saying we have to be practical. If you take today's children, like even my grandson, he's only three. Yeah. And he is incredible how he reads. So don't you think the educator must bear me out on this? Watching the TV, educational programs, reading, a guy becomes an advocate, he reads well, the English is excessively high. Now what I'm talking about is like a mathematician or an electrician or an engineer, mm. he has to read too. But Teresh, what I'd like the educator to comment on yeah. is yeah. reading. If you take a person who's studying a technical subject and is reading, mm. reading, mm. reading, reading, I really agree with it. But they also say children learn what they live. Right. I've been reading newspapers from a little boy. So what I'm saying is let me give the others a chance as well. But, mm. but I yeah, want to know from the yeah. educator. Sorry, yeah. Harish. No problem. Go ahead. You want to know? I want to say, uh, find out from the educator. Does he think that children should just be reading books from the library or reading religious books as well is very important? Or should they be reading books of current issues and sharing it and balancing it out? Because advanced mm. technology, the child can sit in front of the TV 
and they can educate and literate, make themselves mm. literate. Mm. Selvin, no, Selvin, I want to ask you, Selvin, before you leave us. Uh, yeah. You, you know, evidently, you know, you read a lot. It seems. Do you read to younger people in your family? Do you create that culture of reading for the people around you? You know, within your family, within your social context. Fortunately, other people's children. Yes, you can. I've got witnesses to prove it. And those who are hearing me will bear me out. Other people's children, I read to them. I even sing songs in Tamil and translate. But in English, I always mention all the poets and all. And they also say when people speak, you can see how literate they are. When they speak empty-handedness, with an empty mind, and you can see they've been reading and speaking. So we've got to be careful who we listen to. And when they speak, they say the proof of the pudding is in the eating. <laughs> Selvin, thanks, man. Thanks so much for that information that you've shared with us today. Remember, you can keep it coming through. Uh, call us in 089-310-8789. While we are talking today, let's talk about reading. I think that's a very important topic to be talking about. So there we go, Fiona. And I think we'll start with what Selvin was, was asking. You know, what should young people be reading? Yeah, I did mention religious texts, yeah. um, if, if you heard me correctly. Yeah. I said it's so important. It's not just about reading books. Yeah. It's about the newspaper. It's about yeah. interest. You must know it sets the pace for communication. Mm. You'll find even in a classroom or social interaction, if a child doesn't know how to communicate and the gentleman, I think, hints to technology, how often have you sat in a room and watched everybody sitting on their cell phones and communicating without communicating with each other. It's become the norm of our yeah, life now. Has, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then I've got to ask, where's the value of the speech in that and communication? And, you know, um, he's mentioned quite a number of points. I don't think I'm going to be able to cover all of them. But in a nutshell, I've, I've, I've said so, and I'll say this again, look across the board when it comes to reading. It has to be a newspaper. If you can afford a newspaper, sure, if you can't afford a book. It can be a religious text. And I even ask my students, I say, do you know how to read a religious text text bring it over i'd love you to read it for me because i'm learning as well and he mentioned language in other you know language from other religions you know reading is reading whatever you read as long as you are doing that exercise your brain assimilates it decodes and it passes the message on you know it, it comes to this point i remember there was an educator in the school that I went to and um, there was a thing where if you were reading or walking around with a comic book, you mm -hmm. were disciplined for it. You were called to the office and they took the comic book away, right? So we would not, you know, read comics and magazines and all of that. And then this educator came to school and she put a stop to it. She was like, no, as long as the child is reading anything, even if it's a comic book, it's a creation of you know, the imagination, it's, a, it's understanding how words work to communicate, so we should allow it. What is your thoughts about that? What, what should, you know, what is the quality of reading? You know, uh, you'll be surprised to hear this. I was about nine years old when I was introduced to Shakespeare. Mm. Now, you will ask, how did that happen? And that happened through comics because before we used to have Shakespeare illustrated and put into a comic book for us to read. And I simply enjoyed it. And I encourage children to read comics because that's another form of literature as well. In fact, it's quite a uh, you know, piece of literature that everybody encourages children to read if it helps them to read then it's so important i mean the task is reading learning assimilating yeah. and understanding right. and and this is what we encourage i say if you can read a comic book please do so if it'll make you feel better it'll help you it gives you time out right. for personal and, and, development and, and, and it, 
allows you the ability to to, to create attention to something, yes. comprehend it. And um, makes you a bit more of an assertive individual, you know, when, in, in your daily functionings. But let's go to socioeconomic because that's a major issue, right? That is. We want everybody to be reading books to their children. But sometimes people are working two jobs just to afford school fees or mm-hmm. school uniform. How are they going to find the time to read out aloud to their children? What's the challenge there? You know, uh, let's talk about the economics first. You know, in South Africa, bookstores are closing down. And much of it is because of the technology and uh, because of the books that are available. Right. I I think before we come to technology, right, let's let's go, uh, let's start a little bit more uh, at a lower level. Because Sabir Ahmed Jazbai tweets tweets us and he says that with VAT on books and the price of books being so astronomical, people uh, have to choose between basic necessities and books. Well, that's what I was going to just uh, talk to you about. The price on the VAT on the books is so exorbitant. The prices of books are so exorbitant. And you find that people are finding it very difficult. Mm. But once again, we have a repository. We have the libraries. And, and it's cheaper. And, you know, you can just spend an hour. We're not asking for too much of time. Mm. We're saying one Saturday, you allowed to take 10 books and and that's like across the board whether it's magazines yeah. or whatever it is they have and i think that's a fantastic deal you don't pay for the books you're just paying for time and time in the sense that you're going to the library for one hour of your time and your child can read the books for entire two weeks mm. now don't mm. you think that's a fantastic Absolutely. opportunity yeah. and allow your child to become a member of the library yeah. i promote the libraries because mm. it's so important in anybody's yeah. life how functional is it how functional is a library well our Etiquette municipal updated? libraries are very functional yeah. books are bought every term or mm. you know every three months um books are made available the latest books are always available i borrow from the library if mm. i cannot afford to buy it there's sometimes mm. in the month where you you know you find you're just running low on cash yeah. you go to the library and sit mm. down and enjoy it to take a book home mm. and just read it and return it yeah. the libraries will tell you oh, my books are always late because i make sure i read every book that i borrow so i could be owing them quite a bit of money <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no it, it, it's, it's challenging because like what uh, mr sabir ahmed just by saying yes. the astronomical price of books i recently came across some starting information about a very popular bookstore yes. in a very popular mall west of Durban is mm-hmm. closed down. Well, that's why I started with that. I told you the bookstores are closing down because people would rather go on Amazon or I'm not sure if I could mention that, mm. but uh, these books on uh, basically Kindle and whatever yeah. else, and they would rather buy that. And the books are cheaper, yeah, yeah. and the easier. You right. know, you carry it around with you. You're yeah. sitting in a consulting yeah. room. You're traveling. You're on the bus. Yeah. You're in, wherever yeah. you are. You're reading, and there's a fantastic new way to read a book now. It doesn't mean to say that you can read read a book. Mm. You listen to a book. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. It's reading aloud, putting right. it on. You know, the old 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 days where we used to put it on cassettes and let yeah. the children yeah. listen to it yeah, now yeah. and they have adult facilities as well mm, where the books mm. are recorded um, on CDs and you can listen to yeah, it and you yeah. purchase it. Well, Let's come back to that social issue. So I mean you're saying to mitigate that challenge use the free library devote one hour a week mm-hmm. to create that culture of, of reading but what about on a daily basis when, when a parent says you know I'm too busy or I Perhaps they themselves can't read, you know, so therefore they're not, you know, creating the culture of reading for the child. What is your advice then to mitigate these social challenges? All right. Let's, let's, let's put it down to this. Can you afford one newspaper for the entire week? 
mm. you can afford it, right? right? What's wrong with the newspaper? Yeah. We need to keep this industry, you know, flourishing. Yeah. And yeah. the industry is falling apart because yeah. we don't support it. And newspapers it. are also free. This is it. The libraries offer it free. You can go and read it there as well. If you don't have the time, yeah. fair enough. What you can do, in the, buy one, one newspaper in a week. There are so many articles. Yeah. There are children who are interested in sports. Yeah. There are children, they are interested in, in life stories, in history. It's a holistic, history. It's planner, a holistic yeah. panel. And, mm. you know, I find the time that, I, and, I, and I mourn the death of the time when our parents used to sit with the newspaper. We say they couldn't read. But you know what? They used to sit with the newspaper, even if it meant them looking at the yeah. pictures. Yeah. They could comprehend what and was going so on. so many people learn to read from the newspaper. Absolutely. You and, know? you know, this is what we are saying. You know, you look at things and you say, oh, it's so expensive. It's books. It's time. You know what? We actually put a price to our time as well. We say it's costly. Now, one hour in the evening before bedtime, is it that costly? Are you, you must remember, Tarish, and I'm going mm. to stress this. The way you shape your child mm. is the way that child will reflect on his life as he grows, he or she grows older and shape his child so it becomes a generational thing. Absolute lineage. You know, I had a conversation with a professor from Pretoria um, this week, Professor Anne Louise Dubois, and I wanted to interview her on the topic because it, it, you know, it jarred yes. me, but of course we weren't able to do so. But just to relate some of the information she was telling me, and she's been a, you know, an academic professor for a very long time, mm -hmm. and what she, you know, a study conducted um, that she was assessing shows that the literacy rate of first-year tertiary students mm -hmm. is exactly the same as the literacy rate of grade 8 uh, learners. Well, I could go on about that, yeah. you know, um, because at first-year university, I'm with Yanisa. And, you know, what is so difficult is to find that you'll have a student who basically took time off the gap years and whatever, and they come back to you. And I used to have students sitting right at my feet. Those who are my students who are listening in mm. will tell you how they used to sit right at my feet. Some of them used to be working at major retail stores who will wait for me to come in at 6.30. And I used to sit and wait for them just to get those few lessons. Mm. And that was so vital because it made me realize how important literacy is to them. Yeah. So if it's important to them at that age, why can't we make it important for the child? Right. Because you're going to have a, you're going to have a major challenge in a tertiary because Absolutely. you've not created foundation blocks. Well, we are having that problem mm. at the moment. With them. Tell me about that problem. Um, they, they don't know how to read and comprehend and yeah. analyze their academic texts. Yeah. And that is a major issue. If I but I'm teaching them English, and if I ask them to read, um, you know, one of their set works, they really don't understand it. Mm -hmm. And it is sad when, as much as I do for them, I've got to also say, listen, if it helps you with an assignment, go to the library and borrow the study guide. Yeah. You're finding English challenging. It's your first language or your second language. Go and borrow a study guide. There's nothing wrong with having some guidance. Mm. There's absolutely nothing wrong. And, you know, I, I go back uh, to the fact that when I listened to some of our children in the classroom, I found that one of the major problems we're having in the early years is reading and writing. Mm. Now, writing, why it's so important. You find if the child does not read, the child doesn't know how to write. As an author, what I do is called sequencing. Or I'll make sentences. I'll write the story, make sentences, and put it into little strips of paper. And tell the child to use that to create the story. And that helps the child with the thinking pattern. Mm, mm. And it helps the child also in reading. Yeah. These are challenges that we have in our schools as well.
Mm. Well, it's half past one on News Break Talk. We are talking about the benefits of literacy, having just celebrated World Read Aloud Day. And uh, Fiona, I think just, um, you know, if, I, I think that the, the nature of a talk show is to basically analyze information. Mm. If we were to analyze information that, you know, occurred on this talk show, it's now halfway into it and we've only had one caller. So I, I'm a bit concerned about, you know, where society places the importance of reading. Your thoughts on that? It could be, they're finding it very interesting. They want to read and, you know, listen. And yeah. they want to know more, too okay. absorbed. And right. they, you so know, um, I, I don't normally get the chance yeah. to talk so yeah. much about it. And, yeah, okay, so and, fine. And we, we're doing a good job then, I think. Absolutely. I hope, right? So we, we got people engaged, that's good enough. But listen, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the importance of literacy. Let's talk about the importance of creating that culture you know, within the home context. And if one of your challenges has been the cost of books and the cost of um, life, basically, the fact that you work so much to put to, to, to pay the bills, let's also talk about the fact that there are alternatives and you can call us through to discuss more alternatives. You know, an alternative like the one that Saber Ahmed Jazbai has put through to us on Twitter and he asked Fiona, as you specifically to talk about this, so we'll do it just now, that he's suggesting to please engage government to address the question of grant tax breaks if people invest in books. So he's thinking the bigger picture because, you know, on Wednesday we'll be talking to Praveen Gordhan about this. So he's talking about that kind of, um, you know, tax break consideration to be innovative about creating that culture. Also, I'm on social media, so it's at Newsbreak underscore Lotus. And then my page, you can search me, I'm Tadeh Sharif Ashad on Facebook. And let's go to Facebook quickly. And of course, you know, we'll be coming back to discuss these issues. We've got uh, Pranil Saligram says, I read to my niece, it's pretty much brain stimulation in the sense that she has the ability to stop what she's doing, listen to the story mostly, becomes relatable incidents which allows her to use her memory. If there are words or stuff that doesn't that she doesn't know about, she asks me about it, allowing uh, her to know more. And then we've got Ravin Govind saying, all the time, he manages to read to his family all the time, especially from Facebook, to illustrate how to deal with difficult people and situations. That's a very interesting way to read from Facebook because you're reading th- to them about life, not mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, a, a textbook. Avani Rupan says, I still do read to them. They have learned different types of tones from me reading to them. Example, angry, sad, excited. Aggie Gavinder says, I read aloud to my daughter until she could read on her own um, and books are her pride and joy. She loves words, scripts and screenplays. Renisha Larkin says, nope, my kids need to read out aloud to me on their own and only allowed to ask me about words they don't understand. And evenings, we have a quiet reading session in bed just before bedtime. It does wonders for them in school. And a man who we should have had in studio to talk about this, Junaid Bayat says, readers are leaders. So there we go. So much of love for reading. I'd love to know your thoughts. On that note, let's go to the phone lines now. Sunita is from Cape Town. Hello, Sunita. Hi, Daresh, and hello to your panel. Um, i just like to say that I um, read a lot, and um, unfortunately, um, I could not finish my matric. Mm. And I'm now over 40, and about three years ago, uh, because of my love for reading and because I could absorb so much through reading, I managed to do night school and I managed to finish my matric. And um, going further, I managed to get into tertiary, and I'm now working for a very nice company 
was allowing me to continue my studies yeah. and I'm doing my law degree. Uh, I'm second year in my law degree. So my love yeah. for reading and my passion for reading has stimulated me to get to this point. Therefore, yeah. I yeah. advise everyone yeah. to start reading from as young right. as possible. Parents, your children yeah. are the most important yeah. gift to you. And the best gift you can give to them is to make them to start reading that will help them forever yeah. in their lives yes. uh, that's uh, all uh, I need no no yeah Sunita stay on the line I just want to ask you a bit more about it but I just want to put this in bravo, context bravo brave woman absolutely man I just want to put it into context for, for those listening right now so Sunita did not complete matric loved to read continued to read to the point that that propelled her to want more information enrolled to complete her matric and now she's in second year law at 40 fantastic so, and law is not easy the amount of reading to <laughs> the amount of not, books you, you know, com- yes successfully yes. completed that uh, prescribed t- matric. Truly mm. proud of you, my dear. Absolutely. But th- Thank that's, you. Sunita, I want you to stay on because I wanted to ask you, what happens when you're tired, when your brain is just over-consumed from the day's work, from running the home, running your life, running your everything, and then to read? Do you feel that, you know, sometimes the brain just can't process anymore? You know, that is, um, for me, because my love for reading, if I don't read at least one chapter a night, no matter how tired I am, no matter where I've been, what party I've come through, I would never fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, even if it means, like, picking, I don't read social, the newspaper because yeah. of the negativity and right. so on, but every night at my book, at this very moment, I've got a book without the, it's called Without No Limits. Mm. And... Um, if I read one chapter of it, yeah. I have satisfied my mind, then I would go to sleep. It's like some people who has an addiction, maybe a smoking addiction, if they don't have their last yeah. year, they can't fall off to sleep. You're it's addicted the same to literature. It's, yeah. It's, oh, that's a good <laughs> yeah. addiction to have. W- one more question before you leave us, Sunita. I want to ask, how do you impart this to your family, to those around you? Oh, well, I have three sons, and um, my children, I've read to them... Oh, when they were born, they were little. I mean, they were all like four years apart. I would have one on my chest and one on either side of my arms. And we, my husband worked night shift mm. because he worked in the catering. Yeah. And um, I would read to them and then, oh, I would say, right, hey, yeah. it's, it's your turn to read page one. Mm. I read page two and he will read page three. And yeah. it, and it carried on like that. And I've passed that on to them. Yeah. And so how have they received that? What, do they do? what have they done with that culture of reading? Oh, they they have taken it further. My elder son is doing very well in the engineering field. Mm. And my second one has just opened up a new recycling company. Mm. So he's doing very well. Yeah. My youngest one just finished the trick last yeah. year. Yeah. So, so I'm sure whatever I've done has been posit- positively received from, by them. Sunita, we thank you so much for sharing your story with us about how literature has had that ripple effect on the growth and success of your family. Fiona, let's talk about it. Of course, Fiona is joining us from the Global Forum of Literature. She's the founder of that forum, promoting literature and reading and education. Fiona, I think for me, one of so much stood out in in her story, right? But what was interesting was that she said that her elder son is an engineer. So you you know, often they say that if you read well, it is to you you develop your creative aspect, you become more you know text intensive, word intensive, not really science enabled. But in order to understand science, you must be able to read science. So how important is reading as that 
foundation block for any field you want to get into. You know, I, I mentioned earlier, um, you know, you see this, but a well-read child will be a holistic, a holistically developed child. Mm. And that is a child that will excel in almost everything. You know, you cannot distinguish at an early age, oh, my child is so creative, I will only introduce my child to this. Yeah. Or my child is, uh, you know, um, very clinical in their thinking and very constructive, I'll introduce them to math, science and technology. If you realize uh, the percentages in South Africa, we are totally lacking in, in math, science and technology as well. So how important is literature and literacy to our children? There's a very important aspect she mentioned about um, reading, the child reading back to her. Yeah. And, and this is an aspect, when we talk about read aloud, it's not just about a parent reading to a child. It's about the child reading to the parent as well. Encourage this every day. As I said to you, children can just look at pictures and 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 speak out loudly or read out loudly and we must encourage this all the time um you know if you you know there are many of them who say that technology is very important and yes introduce your child to the technology we say fair enough but is it monitored mm. do you give and i mentioned this in another interview the other morning i said do you give your child uh, the cell phone or the ipad to use for reading purposes or, or to do play you give a game them, or to play a game or to keep them occupied so you are occupied with other things mm. because that toy now has taken the place of the crash. Mm. You know, you pass the responsibility on. Mm. Mm. So we've got to know what we are really doing when mm. it comes to technology. Yeah. Monitor. Well, let's talk about technology then. Many say that it's the demise of books. Maybe that is why that popular bookshop in uh, Durban closed down because people are just downloading books, e-books. And uh, your thoughts on technology, is it really taking literacy up a notch or is it look i've been in a classroom where i i used to allow the children to use uh the ipad for an hour but it's constructive um it used to be monitored by me as to what they can access and cannot access which books they can use and cannot use we used to go down and download certain books that they could read but it was only one hour in a day that gave the child the opportunity to use the technology to know how to use technology and to use it as a platform for greater things as a child is growing, like for research and work that they need and require, you know, books, access to books. But it wasn't in a way to take the shift away from studying and reading and learning because I also prescribe books. So when it comes to prescribing books, and these were children that didn't even know how to, you know, didn't take a liking to books. They were told that religious books were the most important things in their lives and that was, that's what they had to focus on. And from grade three to grade four, these children were exploring Harry Potter. They were exploring, exploring Judy Bloom and yeah. every, and fine and everything. Growing, yeah. The imagination wow. was growing because I opened that door for them. Mm. And, you know, when I left them about six months later, they used to send me messages on their parents' phone, mm. WhatsApp, and tell me, yeah. um, you know, Miss, what is the next uh, book that I can read? Yeah. Or who yeah. is the next author that wow. I can access? What is the latest? Yeah. And, you know, um, it really picked my brain because not only I had to look at authors that are presently published, I had to look at past authors like mm. R.L. Stein. Yeah. And you, you know, every child, exactly, every child needs a very broad spectrum, yeah. not even exposed to one yeah. because if you want a holistic child with a mind that is very open and that you know your child is somewhere yeah. and they're communicating with people, they yeah. can... 
communicate on a broad level, not be narrow-minded, yeah. not be, you know, opinionated, but can speak uh, well-versed on any yeah. topic because they have the knowledge. Yeah, they see a picture. This can, is it, you know, and, and, yeah. and, it's, and I always say it's imbibing. People think it's a negative word. It's yeah. not. It's a very positive word. Mm. If you are in an environment and you are absorbing this positive energy, you are imbibing it, you're taking it in. Sometimes, you know, um, I'm so much of a writer and I'm so passionate about what I do. I can taste it in my mouth. Mm. Uh, your your Cola just said just now she's so passionate about reading and I used to be like that where if I don't read a book in a day my teeth used to grind yeah. you know I must have it and funny enough you know when we were younger Tari younger than you our parents never allowed us to read Mills and Boo yeah yeah Funny enough, I write for Harlequin now, mm, and mm. it's so amazing because I've come like full circle, yeah. and I say now I write it. Oh, we never used to read yeah. it before. Yeah. You talk about, you know, um, no, absolutely. Like you I'm talk about, um, oh, what is this? Um, Stephen King. No, <laughs> no, but like, like, okay, you lost your train of thought. It's going to come back because you've done enough reading on it, so it's going to make. Um, but when you comics, I'm talking about comics. comics. But you know, I work with CFAD. Most yeah. of my books, Nanda Subban students illustrated yeah. it. And if you look at some of the illustrations, yeah. fabulous yeah. work that you can make into comic books. Absolutely. So there's somebody out there who's got this plan to publish mm. comics. Go down there. There are yeah. students that are most willing and and so empowered and so brilliant. Get mm. them to work on your stuff. Yeah. You know, um, I lost all train of thought when you <laughs> mentioned Ardal Stein. I just went back. You know, uh, I used to, on the last day of town, when everybody was partying, I'd go to the library. Goosebumps. And get, goosebumps. Get all the Fear Street novels I could find <laughs> and read it. But and Stephen King, doesn't that just stand out? The IT It? Those weird uh, clowns? It was, it was terrifying. Yes. But that's my point now. My parents were terrified of the fact that I was reading horror, something, a, a book that was covered in blood and claws mm -hmm. before bed, right? So, help me understand this kind of control we have in the home about what you read. You know, the, the, m many people say you should not be reading the Mills and Boons, you should not be reading the horror. But it's served some sort of purpose, hasn't it? I think I got punished for that with mm. bad eyesight now because you'll never <laughs> believe what I used to do. I used to hold the blanket up yeah. and put a little torch underneath oh. and read the books because I wasn't allowed to read. So you were smuggling I your books. I was smuggling yeah. my books. So, um, you know... I think it's fair enough it's monitored, but allow your child, as I said, empower your child. When your child is empowered and you speak about it openly and you talk about these things, your child makes an informed choice. You know, I must tell you why I hate horror movies is because I was only about nine or ten years old when I was exposed to Psycho. Mm. And up until today, I have that fear in me. In I will never, ever, <laughs> ever look at a horror movie. So, you know, I understand the parents' um, fears yeah. and, you know, concerns. But then allow them to make that yeah. choice. Yeah. If a child doesn't like it, the child will never go back to that right. book. Yeah. The child will always find a book that will interest them because... That is the power of yeah. an innocent mind mm. without being impregnated by your thoughts. Yeah. What about um, textbooks? You know, let's be honest, a lot of people are in school, they're studying and they get a quite uh, you know, stack of textbooks. Um, how important is to read textbooks for a leisure purpose? 
Well, that depends on what type of textbooks we have. You know, if you look at the text that we are prescribing, it's mostly for the languages. Uh, the texts that are prescribed uh, are mostly assessment-based, which are in other subjects. English and Afrikaans, you are, you know, given books, a simple thing like, uh, well, it's not so simple for many, uh, palias in Afrikaans, or we're given an, a, a Zulu book to read. And yes, there are children that struggle with it. But, you know, I, teach, I think teachers engage their children. They engage the students and pupils or, uh, you know, the learners. And that is so important because they, they tend to read with the child, read to the child or, re, you know, as I said, sharing and reading. So it becomes quite an interesting aspect. I know some teachers who taught their children to enjoy Shakespeare by reading the plays to them and allowing the children to read the plays and perform in class. Mm. And I know some schools where they do these performances and it's fantastic because the children love it they tend to learn it love it enjoy it and make it a part of their lives a lot of them choose drama as one of their major subjects and they totally enjoy it mm. well let's come back to the numbers here now as we wrap up our discussion of course you can call through it's 089 we're eagerly awaiting to find your thoughts on reading and how you go about creating and imbibing as fiona said this culture of reading in your home in your workplace wherever you are um fiona let's come back to the numbers and we did mention this dark decrease in the literacy rates of of south africa how do you how do you change that what is your advice in terms of creating a culture in south africa both from children to adults where literature is fun where one wants to read you know uh, it's so important that we start early i have uh, many african learners and that is the one question that always comes up and they say to me they weren't introduced to literature at a very early age and I always say, say to them, the mind can be stretched to any limit. It's limitless. Uh, you know, the abs absorption rate is so limitless that you could stretch us for as long as you want and as much as you want, which means at any age you can pick up that pen and that book and start learning. And I ask them to do a simple task. I ask them to start writing their feelings in poetry. And you would be so surprised at how children, through writing their feelings, tend to start reading because they want to express themselves. Yeah. You'd be surprised at how much they take in and keep inside yeah. of themselves. Yeah. Their traumatic ordeals, their they, they problems at home, the parental problems at home, mm. the things they take to school with them. You don't know the problems our children have on their way. So allow them to write it out, even at a young age. Mm. Tell them to write words, words that affect them. I saw a patient yesterday and I said to her, draw the picture of your family, draw the picture of your friends. As soon as I said to her, draw the picture of your teacher, and the child started crying. That, what does it tell you? Yeah. It doesn't have to always be about words and writing. Mm. Just looking at pictures is reading. Yeah. Yeah. That's so and, important. And we sometimes forget that um, young people or even old people have a story to tell. You know, like the, the, the one time uh, I was one of the organizations that Newsbreak works with, uh, an old age organization, we were doing some sort of work about 
assessing a group of essays that come that have come through is startling to look at the amount of emotion hidden in literature that comes from day-to-day people well if you read my facebook post during the past week i spoke very much about storytelling um is akin to reading aloud and and we know storytelling is as ancient as time every one of us for posterity to keep preserve our culture heritage language we told stories if you remember us as indians we used to sit under the people tree the older people the nannies the grannies used to sit under the uh, people tree and one of the things the global forum for literacy promotes is a gogo nani project where you bring the older people in the communities to tell stories to talk to children to engage them so that they can be encouraged to go and read mm. and this is so vital that oral form of storytelling yeah. as much as we talk about reading start mm. telling the story first yeah. perhaps your child will enjoy reading it yeah. start yeah. from the time the child is on your breast it's a mm. concept of a sequel yeah. you know if you start singing those little lullabies yeah. and songs yeah. and stories yeah. and tell those stories yeah. could i ask you something tarish mm. How many of us really speak our really Indian languages, Urdu, Tamil, uh, or Tamil yeah, and no, uh, um, Hindi? Many we, can't. We yeah. don't. Many don't. And you'll see now the schools flourishing everywhere because mm. they want to preserve that, even though it's like twenty years later. Mm. Mm. They mm. don't have those classes yeah. things anymore like we used to. Yeah, let's go to our phone lines before we wrap up our discussion. We've got Narayan on the line. Hello, Narayan. Hi. How are you? Very well, thanks. How are you? No, you're talking about traditional language. You don't even get these books anymore. Mm-hmm. Hindi, English, yeah. uh, Hindi, Gujarati, Indian language. You don't get those books anymore. And furthermore, mm-hmm. our government, in its wisdom, has decided not mm-hmm. to promote. Yeah, to promote promote yeah. um, um, mother tongue languages. Yeah, that uh, in its wisdom, they're only, they're only promoting now Zulu and now mm-hmm. lately uh, Chinese as well. Mm. How do you like that? And whereas. Yeah. None of the Indian languages are promoted at all. Yeah, and so you're saying this is a detriment to 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 the development of young people to yeah, understand. Well, definitely, yeah. and uh, I read some time ago, quite mm. quite some time ago, that if a child is exposed to more than one language, mm. the brain develops better. Oh, is it? Yes. Uh, I don't know how far that's true, but that's mm. what I read. He's talking mm. about code switching, mm. which starts at mm. a very early age. Wow. Yeah, well, yeah well, thank, thanks for that. And we'll definitely be speaking about ways to you know, mitigate that challenge and to change that. But let's talk about that. The, more than one language? Did, uh, yes, that starts at a very early age. The earlier you introduce a child to a second language, the quicker they pick it up and they're able to use it, you know, mm. like speak between languages. That is how our whole Ingli- uh, Indian languages have evolved into the slangs that we have now. Mm. You'll have your Phoenix slang and mm. Chatswood slang. And mm. I think there's one of your presenters normally imitates that okay (laughs) so that is how language evolves but i wanted to go back to the point about uh books being available in other languages they are available in other in stores in in durban you got to go to these stores and find them and they books that are brought down from india Mm -hmm. uh, that are that are quite reasonably priced you know where's a good place to find that narin if you are looking um i find a lot of them at uh these Festivals, those you know, those shopping festivals. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah? And, and, and the souks and all of those things. Yes, yes they are available. Yeah. All these cultural festivals. And there was one other thing he mentioned about um, you know starting at an early age uh, and code switching. Uh, I think here in South Africa we do the English and Afrikaans and the English and Zulu, mm. and we have found that in schools as well. The earlier you introduce the languages, the quicker they learn. But he must understand that the Department of Education. 
did offer those uh, indigenous languages, uh, especially you know Hindu mm. and mm. Uh, mm. Hindi and Tamil and Urdu. Urdu mm. But they offered it after school hours. Yeah. But what is wrong with that? There's absolutely nothing. We learned from after hours. Yeah. We used to go to madrasa classes. To madresa, yes, you used to, to go to your yeah. Hindi classes, yeah, yeah, your yeah. Hindi shiksa yeah, sung, and all it, of yeah. these things. So what is wrong with still doing that now? Mm. Absolutely nothing. Make the effort. Yeah. You know, I want to learn Arabic now. I'm yeah. making the effort at my old age to yeah. say I want to go and sit in a class and learn. Yeah. But I'm doing everything possible to make that happen. Mm. You got to do that. Make that sacrifice. It's mm. one or two hours in the afternoon. Mm. Send your child. Be yeah. there. Learn with your child. There's mm. absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I know there are NGOs uh, yeah. are doing this throughout KZN at the moment. Mm. Be a part of it. Mm. It's it's okay to sit in the fence and comment on it. Yeah. We think be a part of it. Yeah, you know, I think it's time to end up now because one point that I had that I wanted to raise with you and um, the, the the I think in schools there has always been this culture of of supporting and promoting those who are good at maths and science the most. You know, it becomes that rat race. Everybody wants to get good marks in maths and science, and those who are good in perhaps drama and English, like oh well, well done, good, good. But we're actually focusing our attention here. Do you think that arts or literature has been not given as much importance as uh, other subjects or fields in South Africa? I think that is so not true. Mm. Uh, I'm looking at it from an author, yeah. being a community leader, and from being an educator. Um, I, I think it is very important to remember every teacher strives to be holistic mm. in their teaching and whatever they are teaching yeah. and the curriculum. The CAPS curriculum pre presently caters for that. Mm. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, it, a lot has to do with the time that we we give our children, yeah. the space that we give our children. How do we encourage our children to, 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 to select what it is they want to excel in? Mm. And, and I find that we make the choice for the child. Mm. Oh, you're not good in maths. It's okay. Don't worry about it. You know, focus on this. And I think allow the child to and, it, and you've got to do it within the foundation phase and the ECD phase. Yeah. Introduce the child to language, technology. Yeah. And you would, you'll be so surprised, you know, for many of us who are writers in the literary field, we are quite good at maths and business and everything else. <laughs> oh, you, you, end know. Up, you end up reading <laughs> you, your way you into do it. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, at some point, your child is going to know that, want yeah. that, learn that. Yeah. And I'm saying... Let it be holistic from knowledge. Absolutely. I think to wrap up our discussion, Fiona Khan from the Global Forum for um, Literacy. So we understand and it's established that reading out aloud or creating the culture of reading in your home is essential. What is that fundamental tip that you would give to everybody to create that culture, to create that environment? Whether you're in the bathroom or cooking. Because cooking is also has mathematics in it, in case mm. you didn't know. Yeah. Um, whether you go shopping, because it has a whole lot of economics and uh, business studies and mathematics with it. Uh, whether you are playing, whether you're watching television, whatever you are doing, it's reading time. And you can do this by interacting and in engaging everything at the same time. There's no such thing as being separated and being, you know, I've got to do this at this time. Plan your day in your head. If your day is well planned, everything goes according to plan. If you messed up in your head and your head is not sorted out, everybody's day is spoiled and everybody's day is messed up. Mm. So as a parent, 
Know your plan for the day. As a child, help your child to plan, plan the day by planning a little, having a day planner mm. or having a month planner or a yeah. week planner. Yeah. And then you'll find the child will be able to adapt and adapt their mind to planning their lives and, and being able to take control la- rather than losing control yeah, yeah. and being in distress. And this then means that, you know, reading is part of your plan. So it's, yes. it, it's not something you've got to chase now. Oh, I've only got 10 minutes to read a book. Absolutely. You know? yeah. So we're saying, you know what, if you set the time out, the child can even learn mathematics while reading. Mm. Well, Fiona Khan, thanks so much for all the uh, reading tips that you gave us. Thank you so much. And we hope to have you in studio soon. What a pleasure. It'll be my pleasure to attend as well. Well, there you go. The topic on literacy and how important that is for your development and the development of your family, development of your child.